From 2 Corinthians 13, 13, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We are so glad that you are seeking God with us, and we pray that the message you are about to hear is a blessing to you. I am Brian Niebank, pastor of Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. I thank you for joining us today as we seek to walk together with God, expressing our love in Bible study and prayer, living the life of the church and serving others and worshiping God. May God bless you today. Will you pray with me? Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Do you have a most cherished memory? What are the memories that you take with you through a lifetime? We all have many memories, but there are some that we will never forget. Some may be our wedding day, or perhaps the birth of a, of a first child, or many other possible moments. One of mine is talking with my friend Serena on her front porch four months before she died. It was the last time that I spoke with her, and I was not sure whether I should try to, to bring her hope or to try to understand the inevitable, which was her terminal diagnosis from brain cancer. She died much too young at age 23, she was one month younger than I was. I remember and cherish this conversation, not only because it was the last that I had with a friend who I had had since grade school, but because it was a moment in time where we were just there for each other. In that moment, she inspired me to write more in the form of letters and I have been doing that much more now with family and friends who also enjoy writing back and forth. And I think of this moment almost every time I sit down to write something. You think of how much she enjoyed writing and how she inspired me to write more. Thinking about our cherished memories help us to refocus on the things that really matter. We know that we always have things to get done and the pressure builds, but sometimes it is all right to tell yourself that it will be okay. For what really matters? We could spend our entire lives rushing through it, and we will barely remember a day of our lives. Or we can make the effort to spend time with friends and with family, to make these special moments with one another not just to have them when they come, to actually make these 
special moments. Take that trip together that you both have been dreaming of. Sometimes it's off to see your grandchildren. Call up that friend whose number you may have had taped to your refrigerator since 2015 but haven't used. Some of you may be out there. Make those plans to go out to eat with that Spanish teacher you have somehow kept in touch with who always talks about getting together in her Christmas cards. Fill in the blank. Make cherished memories. You do not know which ones will become cherished when you are making them. But if you don't make any, then you won't have any. Jesus made many cherished memories with his disciples. One of the big ones that his disciples remembered for their lifetimes was the big meal that he had with them the day before he died. And we're going to remember that today. He told them at the meal, as he passed the bread and shared the cup, to continue to do those things in remembrance of him. It is akin to writing letters in remembrance of Serena, my friend. And I am sure that you do certain things in remembrance of a family member or friend that you have lost too, whether it is keeping up a tradition or hanging a particular ornament on the Christmas tree or baking this particular dish at Thanksgiving. Sure, we all have something that we do to honor a family member who is no longer with us. We have lost a lot of our friends and family over the years, and when we, ha- and when we look around our church, too, those who have been here a while might be able to see Hank in his usual pew, or Ed standing out front shaking hands. No, I don't know who Ed is, I just made that up. But standing out front, just shaking hands with people. It was Clarence. Clarence, thank you. All right, so picture Clarence standing out front shaking hands. We can spend time with a congregation in active remembrance of those who have gone here, gone through these doors before us. Remember those who have passed and the gift that they have brought to us. Remember the ones that we could not visit in their seat here in the sanctuary. We could not visit many during COVID or before that, sometimes for other reasons because of distance. Remember our family members, your neighbors and loved ones who have died because of COVID or other causes. Acknowledge human loss. Offer thanksgiving for their legacy and joy that death is not the end of life. We celebrate Holy Communion as a congregational act of remembering that at this sacred table, we gather together with those in the journey of life and with those who are in our great cloud of witnesses. And when we remember those who have gone on before us, we are celebrating the fact that they had faith, that they passed along to us, and that we can continue to worship God through remembering what they did for us and for our church. We all partake of the bread and the wine together 
and we build on the legacy that others have built and sustained before us. In Deuteronomy, we also read about remembrance. As the Israelites come into the promised land, they are told to remember what God has done for them by giving part of the fruit of the land back to God. It doesn't just mean the fruits, everything the land produces. God was the one who provided this land. This is why they gave it back to God. God was the one who delivered them into this land from the hands of the Egyptians. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, they said, with a terrifying display of power and with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and with honey. These instructions prompt us to worship God with remembrance. By remembering what God has done for us, we are worshiping God and giving glory to God's name. When you tell the story of your life and how God has come to meet you in it, you are worshiping God through remembrance. You are worshiping God when you build on the legacy of others who have gone on before you. You are worshiping when you sit in this moment hungry for spiritual fulfillment because you are now reminding yourselves of the cherished moment where God met you, of that memory with a friend or that wedding day or when your first child was born or perhaps the day when you decided to give your life to Christ, if that was a defined day for you. First, we need to take every opportunity, every opportune time that we are given to spread our story of God. We celebrate this in worship, in communion with one another, and by remembering those moments when God picked us up and carried us across the sand. Some of you may know that what that reference is, the poem, Footprints in the Sand, where one of the, where, where one got, well, someone got to heaven and was looking back over their life with God. At some points he saw two sets of footprints over the sand, at other points he only saw one. And where they saw one, it was the most difficult moments of their life. And they asked God, why, God, did you abandon me during the most difficult trials? But God replied, no, it was then that you see only one footprint in the sand. It was then that I carried you. God never truly abandons us. Second, do, do remember that your temptations as Jesus, or do remember your temptations as Jesus remembered his temptations. In order for Luke, or whoever it was who wrote down the story of Luke, to uh, write down this story, Jesus must have found meaning in the moment of his temptation to share it with others. 
Otherwise, we would not have known this story if Jesus did not share it with somebody else, unless they were told by a vision from God, which is a possibility, but less likely. It can actually be a blessing to someone else if you share how you have been tempted and tell, how, tell about how God led you to not give in to that temptation. Or if you were dragged in, you can tell about how God went searching for the lost sheep and dragged you out. This is how we inspire others with our faith and lead others to Christ, sometimes without even realizing it. So in addition to being a blessing to someone else by sharing our story of getting through our trials, it can also be a blessing to ourselves to remind ourselves how God led us from a moment of despair can lead us out of our current moment of despair. There is always hope, even in Nazareth. That's a quote from Mary to her mother uh, in the movie uh, Nativity Story, where Mary, Mary said, is there, is there, or her mother said, there is always hope. And she said, even in Nazareth. And her mother said, yes, even in Nazareth, because they were having a very difficult time trying to come up with money for taxes and trying to survive, as many did in that day. There is always hope. Third, just as we tell our stories of temptations to ourselves and to others, we recognize that they will not stop. Luke chapter 4 tells us of how Jesus heroically fended off the devil. Have you had that moment when the devil may have reached out to you and just told you that it would be okay to eat those five cookies? Or that it would be okay to eat that entire bag of goldfish. What's the worst thing that can happen? And you took that moment and you told him off. You succeeded and you pushed away that five, those five cookies. And they were still there. Did that not feel victorious? And then you turn around the next week and fall to that temptation because you were not prepared for it. Luke chapter 4 verse 13 tells us, When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The devil was not finished with him. The devil would continue to try to win him over and over and over again. The same goes for us. We all have so much that tempts us to turn away, either turning away to our own personal health or even to our own spiritual health, which is worse. He asks you, if God were with you, wouldn't your husband still be with you? If God were with you, wouldn't you not have suffered that heart attack? If God were with you, wouldn't you have more money? 
We need to tell ourselves over and over again that God is with us, regardless of the situation, just as God was with Jesus on the cross. And it is hard to imagine more deeper suffering than Jesus being on the cross. As we prepare our hearts to grow closer to God this Lenten season, remember God. Remember the moments where God has met you. This will give you confidence in the moments to come where you will meet God again. Reminding yourself of what God has done for you in the past will remind you of God's power and God's capabilities. Look for those opportune times to make memories where God might find you, even if you feel like crawling into your bed and not waking up till June. Because it might snow again, you know, we, all, we just want to avoid all that. Remember the times that God has rescued you from the temptations and prepare yourself to pray when you encounter one again. Prayer is the most powerful weapon to a temptation. Victory once does not mean that you have defeated the devil's tricks because he will continue to look for opportune times to win you back up until the day when God takes you home forever. We need to keep true to our God if we are to see the promises of Psalm 91 fulfilled. Those who love me I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in times of trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. Over the coming weeks, we will review other ways to stay true to God. Your challenge this week is to start with Remembrance. Remember what God has done. What has God blessed you with? What has God blessed humanity with? The short answer, of course, is Jesus, because Jesus is the answer to every Bible question in Sunday school class. Try to remember that when you get older. Braxton, too. I'm sure you're watching. God has blessed us with Jesus. And it is to Jesus who we can turn to to escape the powers that try to defeat us. When you live, remember the life that Christ has lived. Remember the meals that Christ has shared. Remember the people whom Christ conversed with. Jesus does not make things easy, but he does bring hope for everyone, including for communities ravaged by war and those shaking by the existence of it. That is worth our remembrance. So thanks be to God, and amen. Well, our middle hymn. Oh, see.
See, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't, have I wouldn't have been able to remind you of this word search that you can do in your bulletins, take home with you, and uh, if you didn't already do it during the sermon, uh, you can take it home and try out that word search. Our middle hymn is, Lord, listen to your children praying. We're reminded prayer is the most powerful weapon we have against temptation, against the devil, and we pray to God, and we know that God listens to us. We ask God to listen to us. Let us sing this refrain uh, twice, two times through. Let us sing. from God. Our best is to be returned to God, freely given to minister in Christ's name. Out of gratitude for a land flowing with milk and with honey, we bring our first fruits to be blessed in the outreach of the church. Let us give of our offerings as we are able. Will our ushers please come forward?
Thank you for joining us here at Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. If you would like to reach out to us, we would be thrilled to journey with you on your walk with God. Call us at 419-483-6658 in the United States. Reach out to us on our Facebook page or send us an email at zionunited at gmail.com with any prayer requests or questions you may have. Remember to make time for God and confess Jesus as your way to God to give you hope in this life. May you be blessed by God and be a blessing for another. We hope to see you again.